What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Going quite well, Graham. Keep you around yourself. Doing pretty well. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, sir. I haven't seen each other in the new year yet because you've been so busy, quote unquote. Yeah. Busy and tired. Yes. Pretty pathetic that we call ourselves the Atlanta Sports Podcast and don't, don't have even a podcast before a playoff game. Yeah, it's sad. It's per- it's, that's very Atlanta of us, though. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> we just assumed it was a loss and uh, moved on. But here we are. We got another playoff game. Yeah. Very uh, good performance by the Falcons. Uh, oh, before you get into yeah. all that, mm-hmm. I got some big news for you. Oh, okay. So I tweeted earlier today at our friends Barstool Sports. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Close affiliate of the program. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Stool El Prez, if you will. Yeah. Uh, pointing out to the fa- them that the fact that they don't have a Barstool Atlanta uh, yeah. affiliate. All right. And, you know, I just said, what the hell? You guys are always squawking about this 28-3 nonsense and don't give the fine people of Atlanta any representatives to respond to them. Sure. Right? Yeah. And then I said, maybe we should be those guys, you and I. Yeah. And pointed out the fact that we have a a legit (laughs) 18 followers on Twitter. So you know we're legit. Oh, yeah. Uh, So the good news is... We're waiting on a response. <laughs> yeah, you actually got my hopes up there just a little <laughs> bit with the way you were talking. You usually don't get that excited unless it's something legitimate. I was kind of just excited about the joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you, you succeeded. I was like, oh. But it's out of the universe now. It's so. out of the universe. After get- you Twitter from our official I did. Twitter? Yeah. Very fair. Um, yeah, so that's out in the universe now. Um, as Kyle Corver said, shooters got to shoot. Indeed. So... Take your shots in life, Graham. You never know. Yeah, or as Dan Quinn says, keep punching. Does he say that? Apparently. Oh, far out. No. Um, so we got a uh, pretty good show for you today. Pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. We'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> middle of the road. Middle of the road. We've got a recap of the game against the Rams, which we won 26-13 in very convincing fashion, and uh, preview the game against Philly this weekend, as well as... Discuss a little bit about uh, Andrew Jones, who might be voted off the Hall of Fame ballot, which is inconceivable to me, but we'll get to that at the end of the show. Um, I know we wanted to briefly touch on, since some of our users are were upset that we want to mention the uh, College Football National Championship because we're a pro sports podcast in Atlanta. And this has nothing to do with pro sports in Atlanta. It's relatable, though, because it's just Atlanta in general, and... How we suck. It did take place in Atlanta, and it was very familiar to anyone who is an Atlanta sports fan. And there's a lot of overlap with Dogs fans and Atlanta sports fans, and some of our users are are both. Yes, <laughs> indeed they are. I discovered uh, in the past couple weeks that for some reason I have a deep, deep hatred for the Georgia Bulldogs. I guess because I grew up a Florida fan, so I think that was just like there, mm-hmm. and it kind of just... Manifested. Well, it was just kind of sitting low for yeah. the past six, seven, eight, nine years. I was pretty neutral towards them. And tell the users why if they're just tuning in for the first time. What's that? Tell the users why. Why what? For the last seven or eight, nine years. Oh, Clemson fan. 
Because I could, yeah, but no one, someone might not know that. Okay, you got to think because I went to Clemson, so obviously yeah. I don't. You got to think about people who are ignorant. Or yeah, don't know that's why I was neutral to Georgia yeah. because I went to Clemson, except for when we played them like four years ago. Besides that, give a shit. They're they've been mediocre. Ten wins, not really doing anything. But when I I was listening to the Rose Bowl game uh, while camping, so we we're using a handheld radio to listen to it's it. Pretty epic. It was it was really cool, but like I just kept getting more and more upset um, every time Georgia did something good, and I didn't really understand why. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was a little bit into my cups as well. Cups, drinking. Oh, okay. <laughs> All I imagined was you were just examining a uh, display of uh, cups at one places over their genitals, and you're just sitting there looking at them. And I was like, that is truly bizarre. No, no, that's not what that phrase means, Graham. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <laughs> Uh, but anywho, yeah, when, when Georgia ended up winning that game, I was just really upset about it. And I was like, eh, maybe that was just the booze talking mm-hmm. there. But then like going to the national championship game, I don't know something about like, I, so I actually went down to the bends cause I was like, you know, there's this big sports event going on. I feel like I need to at least check out the atmosphere. Didn't realize I was just going to the CNN center. I thought we were tailgating. Mm. What are you going to do? But yeah, I just saw those bulldogs. I was like, no, I think I want Alabama to win. Oh, yeah. Terrible. It's like rooting for the Patriots. But it's like Alabama's won so many times. Like the Patriots. So like them winning again, it's like who cares? Like the Patriots. It doesn't mean that much to their fan base. Like the Patriots. And I think I guess I just want Georgia fans to continue to have the misery that I have. Like the Falcons. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So that's where I was at on that one. Uh I liked Georgia as a kid. Some of my extended family went there. Um but as I grew older. I didn't care as much as I went to, you know, art school, two art schools, and I sort of just stopped caring about college football as much because I love the Falcons a great deal. And um, I don't know. I just fell out of love with them, and I felt like if I jumped back on the bandwagon now, I'd be a hypocrite and loser. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I always paid attention. Like, I know what Georgia does every year. I watch probably five or six games, but I'm not emotionally invested right. like I am with the Falcons, the Braves, and the Hawks. I'm not going to make a podcast about it. I'm not going to pretend like I know what the recruiting class is. Um, but, you know, I watched that last game against Oklahoma, and that, that was one of the best games I've ever seen. I mean, that was an unbelievable... I have, like, top 10 greatest sporting events I've ever watched. Um, and, you know, I was pulling for Georgia, but if they lost, I wasn't going to care. Right. And, and the Alabama game, you know, when they were up 13 nothing, I was just like, Saban's going to make some adjustment at the half. I don't know what it's going to be, but he's going to do something. And I don't know if Alabama's going to come back, but they're going to make it a game. Little did we know, they put in this guy who... Uh, I can't even pronounce his name. Tua. We'll just call him Tua. Uh, it's, he's the guy from the two thousand Madden two thousand five uh, Tuiasopo. Oh, Tuiasopo! <laughs> yeah. I think they're re, related. Re, reborn as yes. this guy. Comes uh, in throws three touchdowns in the second half and leads Alabama. A freshman who's never really played a meaningful game just comes in on second and, and then on second and twenty six in overtime throws a, a dart and Alabama wins it in overtime. And for about ten seconds after that. I felt this, it was the same reaction I had to the Falcons at first. It was just this shock yeah. and this horror. And then after 10 seconds, I was like, ah, whatever. I didn't, like, care. Yeah. Whereas uh, when the Falcons lost the Super Bowl, you, I had that reaction. Then you I, cared. I walked out of the house, slammed the door, walked down the street, and then came back, ripped up some grass, punched a house, and destroyed my glasses. Yeah. And I'm, cried. 
<laughs> <laughs> you weren't the definition of a uh, well put together adult. After no, I was a lost. sore loser. Um, yeah, I had. I mean, th- those games are. That's one thing I, I've been talking about is they need to stop having these damn championship games on a Monday night. No, I know. I mean, I fell asleep for about thirty five minutes because I was tired of shit. By the yeah. time it's over, it's it was twelve thirty. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been waking up early as hell for work this week, so I knew I was didn't have a chance, but like. I mean, imagine if... I understand they don't do it on the weekends, I think, because of... NFL playoffs. NFL. Yeah. But why don't you put it on a Friday night? Imagine that weekend where you got the national championship game on a Friday night where you know, like, everyone's just going to be stoked. Everyone's going to stay yeah. up and watch the game. Ratings would be through the roof. And then you have the best football weekend of your life with that on a Friday night. And then playoff games Saturday, Sunday. That would be pretty cool. I think one That'd of the reasons... That'd be awesome. I think one of the reasons they don't do that is because, I think, TV ratings generally... For everything, or down on Friday nights. Not for that game. For that game, they'd be fine, but that's probably why they do it. But I would be. That would certainly be great. That'd be you amazing. Can, you can get absolutely wasted and wake up and say, <laughs> and there's no problems. <laughs> you got two more days of football mm-hmm. after it, versus having to go to work. My my heart goes out to Georgia fans, um, though, because that was another crushing defeat in the annals of Georgia sports history. Yeah. Um, right at the precipice of winning a championship, and. Um, wasn't nearly as egregious as the twenty-eight to three loss, but there are echoes of that certainly. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it just was, because it of the situation, yeah. just because of the situation, you're up, you know, thirteen points twice, and you can't hold on. Then again, you're playing against the greatest coach in college football history, right? Who had the ultimate ace up his sleeve um, that no one even considered. I do feel bad for our user Arthur Roach, who's yes been on the show before yeah i saw him right before the game i think in one of our all-time classic episodes yeah yeah he, he brought a lot to the show that yeah. we don't possess no maybe he should have his own podcast indeed <laughs> but yeah i saw him, like he was there in the cnn center just oh you saw him yeah yeah oh cool yeah he was just did, like did he go to the game yeah he did oh wow Poor I, bastard. I, I saw him as he was walking to the gates okay and just had like so much hope he was trying to keep his well i think he actually did say it I know we're going to lose or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But like he was just trying to keep his emotion down because he knows shit like that yeah. happens. Yeah, and he's also an Atlanta professional so, sports fan across all yeah. three sports. Or four sports. He loves United, too. So, yeah, so he, he knows the deal. I'm, I, I'm smart enough to not. I haven't reached out to him since then. Um, yeah, you want to be left alone. Yeah, if someone like happens. texted me after a game like that, I would never be friends with them again. But this is me reaching out to you, Arthur, and hope I hope you're okay. Yeah, I hope you are too, sir. Um, but the future is bright for Georgia. they got an amazing recruiting class I, coming I think in. we've no, no, no. touched on Georgia enough. I'm trying to do a segue. Right, sorry. <laughs> the future is really bright at Georgia. they got an amazing recruiting class, and there's a lot of optimism among Dogs fans that they'll be back next year and then over the next few years. Unlike, to a degree, maybe the Falcons. Oh, was that, uh, after, was, was that a segue? That was a segue. Wow. I'm trying to get better with that. Uh, you know, after the 28 to three loss, even though you're bringing back all these pieces, it was just like, especially in the NFL, it's so hard to remain at the top of what you're doing. Uh, the Patriots are the lone exception that they've consistently been dominant in their division, pretty much making the AFC Championship every year. Um, there's no other team like that. No other team has that consistency in the NFL, where they are. So competitive and title contenders every year. 
So I don't think it's fair to say we didn't have optimism coming into we the certainly season. I think had, we had a, a ton of optimism. We had a ton of optimism, but I think you have to know that um, it's hard to create a dynasty. I think it's a little hard to create a dynasty in professional sports than it is in Well, we're not trying to be a dynasty, Graham. We're just trying to win one damn championship. I understand. And then we, and then we can be the Marlins and sell everything off. I'm not trying to be a dynasty. All right. Well, I maybe, just want one. Maybe my, segue, crazy? maybe my segue sucks. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, we go into this Rams game, and I actually felt okay going into it. Like, I was nervous because it's one of the playoffs. And a stat was brought up um, that I didn't realize, or it's a fact, maybe it's a stat, whatever, where the Falcons before the Rams game had never won playoff games in consecutive seasons before. We'd never done that. I mean, it was only a few years ago we'd never won. Conse- had consecutive seasons, period. seasons, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Matt For- Ryan has never won a playoff game on the road before. That's pretty wild. So there was a lot of history working against us. I don't think I realized that one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the Rams come in as the most lethal offense in the league. They're averaging uh, 29.9 points per game, just under 30 points. Which, that's better than what we did last year, isn't it? No, I think we, aver- we averaged over 30 points oh, last yeah. year. Um, you have Todd Gurley, who's emerged as an incredible running back and an MVP caliber player after a really shitty second season. And you got a damn good defense run by a 3-4 extraordinaire Wade Phillips. So you have all these elements working against you. And Sean McVay is a really good, has proven himself to be a pretty damn good head coach to take what the Rams were last year and really also, you know, take them where they are now and develop Jared Goff into what looks like a franchise quarterback. Not to mention that guy, what, 32? Yeah, he's, he's 31. Th- that's absurd. Look at he's what we're doing. <laughs> he's two years older than us. I know. It's psychotic. Makes no sense. And then you got Wade Phillips, old ass, who's like 72. Yeah. He's still coaching his ass off as yeah. a coordinator. And uh, the one thing that people kept saying, though, is that there's a lack of playoff experience, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of people thought the Rams were going to win this game. I was kind of I, – I thought we were going to win because ever since that New Orleans game on Christmas Eve where I cursed out uh, Pete Morelli for his shitty officiating. <laughs> um, In epic fashion, I must say. Y- yes. Um I've felt incredibly good about this defense. I've been thoroughly impressed by Deion Jones in the last half of the season. Yep. And Poe and Jarrett have been outstanding. And the coverage has been good. And we have contained running backs. We held Kamara and Ingram both to under 100 total yards. Um, I was like, if we can do that consistently, we have a chance. In fairness, we did concuss Kamara. Not that game. I'm talking about the game that we lost oh. on Christmas Eve. Even though we lost oh, that you're game, right, yeah, you're right, you're right. I was still like, the defense played their ass yeah, off. And yeah. they've been playing so much better recently. And if they can, if they should show me that they can shut down the top two backs in the league, sky could be the limit. Well, the thing in this Rams game that I was so impressed with was the tackling. Like, that's what's been, the open field tackles were unbelievable out of this world. And that's what's yeah. been missing. Brian Poole, um, Keanu Neal, Deion Jones did a fantastic job covering Todd Gurley. One of the things they've done with Todd Gurley all season, in addition to using him as a, as a weapon running the ball, they've also used him in the flat a lot as a passer. I mean, he had a ton of, he had a ton of receptions. Um, you know, there would be games where he'd have like 
two touchdowns, uh, receiving and one rushing. I mean, the guy's an all-purpose back. We held him to one catch for four yards in this game. Outstanding. Yep. Absolutely outstanding. And I have never known a Falcons team to cover receivers in the flat, even this year or last year. We have mm-hmm. always sucked at doing that. <laughs> and to see the open field tackling and to see that we actually have people in the flat covering running backs on passing routes was just like a revelation. Yeah. It was amazing. And I'm telling you, Poole especially, kudos to that guy. Like a couple of those ones he had on Gurley. There's a few people in the league that are making those tackles. Like, yeah. Gurley's that good. Yeah. Like, to do that one-on-one, no yeah. help. I mean, it's, it's absurd. It's tremendous. And um, and it's just a couple tackles like that that could be the difference in a game. For sure. And that's what's been missing with yeah. this team this year. Right. And even though Gurley had 101 yards rushing on 14 uh, carries, which is pretty damn good, um, you know, he, he had two really big runs on the last drive when they were trying to come back. And, you know, you take that away, I think he only had like 54 yards running. Yeah. I hate when people say take that away, but it's like we had contained him that whole game, and then he kind of busted out there a little bit. Yeah, it didn't feel like Gurley no. went off on us. No, not at all. And we did get bailed out a little bit by Farrell Cooper, who actually is a really good yeah. kick returner and punt returner, but he fumbled the ball twice. And so we were able to convert that into points. And um, how about Alex Mack? Oh, my God, yeah. On the, the goal line. That was a bit like... Devontae gets the ball. He's not going to get in. Alex Mack comes up, grabs him, and just like tackles him into the end zone. My initial thought watching that play was I was just concerned Devontae was going to fumble again. And then I think Alex Mack literally was like, no, son, you're, we're getting this guy in. And he right. probably brought the ball back in and then just drove him across. Incredible. Yeah, that, and then he had a, like, crazy... Because normally a setter doesn't stand out like that in the no. game. Like, you don't notice it, but he yeah. had another one where uh, they showed him picking up a blitz. Oh, yeah, the corner. Yeah. Yeah, he just, like, took that dude out. Yeah, just, like, one quick turn and a pop to the ground. Yeah. Like, we cannot ever state the value that Alex Mack brings to this football team. Uh, going back to what you said about Pharaoh Cooper, too, mm-hmm. like, I think something like that is where us being now because of this 28-3 nonsense, an experienced playoff team, that's where it shows. Like, we looked poised. The Rams did not. Very true. The stage was a little too big for them, whereas we looked confident as hell, looked like we'd been there before, and we just took care of business. Yeah, I think those old wounds um, certainly helped us to, to, you know, hopefully get to where we want to go. I think we've learned from that experience, and I think we're playing our best football. Offensively, um, still struggling to a degree. There was, uh, you know, the Rams have such a good defense, though, and Aaron Donald ate up uh, Schweitzer and Ben Garland all night, and they definitely got a lot of pressure on Matt. But kudos to Matt for hanging in there. Had a 102.1 quarterback rating, 21 of 30, 218 yards, and a touchdown. Not eye-popping stats except for that quarterback rating. A lot of short passes, quick passes, but I think that was due to that was part of the game plan, yeah. It was part of the game plan, and I think because they have such – they bring such pressure on the quarterback that you've got to get the ball out of there quickly. So there weren't a lot of opportunities to take deep shots and let plays develop down the field. So I, I think Matt played his ass off, and that passed to Julio in the red zone. Julio has a red zone touchdown. I know. That was the a world thing, ends. That was a thing of beauty. That's yeah. another one that scared the shit out of yeah, me. Yeah, as he's slipping, he's doing like a split and then is able to get that ball to Julio. I mean, that, I mean this beautifully arced pass while he's about to, like, tear his groin – but Graham, here's the question. Are you going to give Sark some credit for that game? Yeah, and I think especially in the second half, um, you know, he put an emphasis on running the ball. We did not do 
the he, best job running the ball in terms of efficiency. Uh, 104 yards, I think, between Devontae and Tevin, which isn't very good. But um, on that one drive to open the, the second half, I think it was, even though it only resulted in a field goal, we chewed up so huge. much time. It was like eight and a half minutes. Yeah, we chewed up so much time and kept that offense off the field. And, yeah, kudos to him. He, he, he's certainly adjusting. And even though there's still some execution things and every once in a while you're like, damn, why are we calling that play or going to that read? when it's third and long and we're throwing it four yards, I think he's done a better job of being able to manage a game and adjust and not be overly aggressive a la Shanahan. Obviously, I think Shanahan's a better OC, but I think Sark might be more grounded, and at least he's yeah, I mean, learning. That, uh, the, what he's you're adjusting. talking about, the drive at the uh, beginning of the second half, like after the Rams had pretty much seized all the momentum coming back from down right. 13 nothing, and then even though the running game wasn't efficient, he still stuck with it, right. and it got us enough, and it just like kept us balanced. Yeah. And, I mean, it felt like a different game even after that, just that one field goal. Yeah, and speaking of field goals, Matt Bryant, again, mm. the clutchest man on the team. The old man keeps doing it. Fifty-seven yard field goal to put us up nineteen to easy. thirteen. Fifty, like he makes it look easy. Yeah, man. I mean, he could that could have been sixty-three yards. He would have made it. I mean, the guy is. Uh, we are blessed to have him on this team. Yeah, thank you, Tampa Bay Bucks. Yeah, and and especially going up to Philly this weekend, gotta love your chances having that guy kicking for you. Another thing, pass coverage. Robert Alford was tremendous. He only gave up, I think, one catch. In like fifteen yards or something, he was yeah. targeted eight times. Yeah, and he's kind of he's always had the talent, but he's like never trusted his technique fully to the point and where that's he gets, where he'd get those dumbass penalties. Yes, correct. So now it seems like he's trusting it a little more, and that talent's really shining. So right. Like I mean, and having Trufant back on the field, unlike last year, it's those two together are pretty shut down. Yeah, well, Trufant got a little torn up this game by especially by Robert Woods. Woods finished with 145 yards on nine catches and True's getting burned a little bit this year. He has been beaten a lot of times by receivers that shouldn't be beating him. A la Robert Woods, a la Robbie Anderson, no disrespect to those guys, but those aren't like top tier Julio Jones, Antonio Bryant guys. And I uh well, it's not like I mean, how many of those yards did he actually get on Trufant? I, I think Trufant gave coverage. up like 90 yards in this game. Something like that. He was getting... Sounds like a made-up stat. I saw something that said he gave up more yards than he should have. And I think it was in the 90-yard range. Okay, Trump. Very unfair. <laughs> We're going to make sure that the libel laws, you're defamatory towards me, I'm going to sue you. We're all going to sue each other. It'll be tremendous. Um... I'm going to change him. And uh, Speaking of Trump, we didn't yeah. touch on Trump going to the UGA game. Oh, yeah. Did right. you see the lines getting into the stadium because Secret Service took over? Yeah, they, they patted down everybody, right? Well, yeah, people were waiting for like two hours. And they paid like th- two, $3,000 for tickets at least. They're just doing their job. Sit- I know, but that's crazy. Like, sitting in the rain, like... Once in a lifetime game you're going to that you like put a ton of money into. Yep. You get in line plenty early and you're just sitting outside. Yeah. And Mercedes Benz Dome leaked as well. Yes. And I heard that one woman didn't get out of there till four AM. 
because it was so hard to get out of the stadium. What do you mean? Like it got so jammed up with so many people. There's not enough exits. What, did she just lay down and take a nap? No. It was like a traffic jam of people. So those corridors are narrow. That took three hours yes. to clear. Yes. That's, I feel like she was drunk and walking into a pole or something for three straight hours. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Like a glitch in a video game or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the Falcons. The defense overall, regardless of true fine getting beaten more than he should be, is playing a lot better. Deion Jones and the linebacking core look good. Devondre Campbell, Tack McKinley had a sack. Um, all across the board, I mean, this defense has held their last six opponents, I think, to 16 and a half points per game or something like that. It's there's, under 20 there's points. There's been some big offenses in there. Yeah, and you faced Drew Brees twice. You face the Vikings who've had a good defense. I mean, offense, and also have good defense, but that's not relevant to this stat. Cam. Cam Newton. Jameis Winston played his ass off in, uh, yeah, in that they, game against us. And he played his ass off pretty much the, beat the last beat four the or Saints, five right? games of the year. Yeah. yeah, they beat the Saints. So this is no joke. This defense is for real. And if the offense can just do enough to you know, score enough po- They can score 20 points. We're 11-0, I think, when they, we score 20 points or more. Yeah. So if we can just get to that number... Well, that's what I'm getting excited about yeah. is, like, thinking through it. Um, I know we tend to be a little negative on yeah. this show. Adam and... also texted me at the end of the half and said, well, this is a loss. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, easy there, quality. And that was, like, our last communication as well. Like, that once, was... once things went well, we didn't, we didn't talk. say anything. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I was thinking about that this week. I was like, we need to, we need to flip that script, man, and yeah. enjoy the ride a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, but We're not having 0-16 parades here. Yeah. We're winning playoff games yeah, in consecutive seasons. Yeah, this is a privilege. Indeed. Um, but just the fact that this team is more of a defensive-minded team, and that's pretty much our strength right now versus last year, yeah. where it was all about the offense, mm-hmm. and who knows what you're getting from the defense, even though they started playing well at the end of the year. But it's kind of like in baseball, where pitching wins championships. Defense wins in the postseason of yeah, football. I mean, if freaking Joe Flacco can win yeah. a Super Bowl, then, I mean, and our, our offense could go off at any point, too. We have so many playmakers. So I think yeah. the offense is what it is at this point, but um, you still can't mess around with them. I, I mean, mean it's like, still a top 10 offense. It's not like we're. It's not like we suck. Yeah. And, you know, you got two good receivers, Sanu and Jones, two good backs, really good quarterback. Um, I mean, it's bad compared to last year but yeah last yeah. year was like a top six all-time offense yeah so it, can't compare it to that right and i am also thoroughly impressed with matt ryan's pocket presence especially you know he's been whole, moving the around year. there well man. yeah he's scrambling he's moving up in the pocket he's taking off when he needs to he's had like i think 145 yards rushing this year like four and a half yards of carry which is Pretty much Michael Vick stats. Oh, yeah. No, but that's really good for him. Yeah. Like, I remember early in his career, he would just freeze up in the pocket and just get obliterated when the pressure got to him. And now he's just stepping up. Last few years, stepping up, running around, making stuff happen. Tell you, he's this, very cognizant of what's going on around him and of his offensive line's strengths and weaknesses. The city of Atlanta needs to appreciate this guy. I was talking to someone recently who thinks we need to get rid of, like, it was after a loss. It's like Matt Ryan's the problem. It's like, are you kidding me? You look at these. Matt Ryan's the greatest quarterback in the history of this franchise, and he's a damn good quarterback in general. Yeah. Whoever says that can fuck off. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you look at all these other franchises that are just struggling and drafting quarterback after quarterback, trying to find someone like Matt Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, he's no 
He's not Brady. He's Tom not Brady. Rogers. He's not Rodgers. He's, he's a top 10 quarterback in a league of 32 teams, and he's damn good when he has, um, you know, a protected pocket. He has pocket. potential to be top five, yeah, top three. He, he certainly has the potential to be the best quarterback if those in the league. pieces are in place. And he was last year. And he's had he's regressed, but he's also had a lot of issues with receivers causing eight of his 12 interceptions this year. Yeah. He's only, the only really shitty game to me he had where it was like his fault was that Saints game at home that we somehow won where we threw three picks. Yeah. Like, that, with the exception of the Hooper interception, I was like, Matt looks like a deer in headlights in this game. Yeah. But, yeah. But, uh, anyways, so the defense being that strong gives me a little bit of confidence going into the Eagles. Yes. So we'll go into the Eagles game. Um, I think it's very simple. A lot of people are trying to overanalyze this game. Matt Ryan, Nick Foles. Advantage Falcons. The most important position on the field is quarterback. I'm not saying there's not more to this game than that, but I think that's what it ultimately comes yeah. down to. I mean, if Matt plays as solid as he's been, we shouldn't have any problems. Right. We just hope that the receivers don't play volleyball this game and give up, you know multiple interceptions then we're going to start having some issues but and it's like i was i was a little worried at first just thinking about like weather but it's gonna be like in the 40s so and a little bit of rain. i heard it's actually gonna be 55 and sunny that oh. was the last report i heard well that's good yeah it's gotten better then it's, so weather won't be a factor no and For, first time a number six team has ever been favored against a number one yeah we're a two and a half or three point favorite depending on what uh site you gamble on and uh Look, the, the Eagles' defense has been fantastic all year. They're mostly healthy, from what I understand. Their front seven is ridiculous. Fletcher Cox, the defensive tackles, is is excellent. They have a really good front four, and they had the best rushing defense in the league and uh, on yards per game and total yards given up. So it's going to be really hard to run the football against these guys, but their passing defense is middle of the pack. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we can adopt a similar strategy to the Rams game and just try to pick them off with short passes and uh, see if we can move the ball up the field that way while still trying to run the ball just for some for balance uh, balance's sake. And after playing Aaron Donald, like Fletcher Cox is going to be potatoes compared to Aaron Donald. I don't know about that because I think the Eagles defensive line I would say is a little better as a whole uh, as a whole as a single player Aaron Donald's Aaron Donald's maybe better than Cox but I think Eagles have a better defensive line than the Rams do and the Rams have a damn good defensive line this Eagles defense is no joke but they're not like that much better than our defense at this point either no I heard the stat with like everyone's touting their rushing defense they've only given up seven rushing touchdowns Mm -hmm. we've only given up nine like yeah but yardage yardage they are they're better and they also have a very good uh, two-headed monster running backs in uh, Jay Ajaye and LeGarrette Blunt, and we got to watch out for them. I think the good news is is that you can take away the run. I feel very confident we can shut down Todd Gurley. I know some people are going to be like, oh, we didn't really shut him down. He got 100 yard, one yards no, rushing. It's like, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Um, as we said, most of that came on two plays at the end of the yeah, game when it was shut, already out of yeah. reach. If we, can sh- if we can contain Todd Gurley... We can contain Jay Ajayi. Yeah. Todd Gurley's MVP. Jay Ajayi's had a good season, but Gurley's had an otherworldly season. I know Ajayi tore us up when he was with the Dolphins earlier this year. Yeah. But we're also a different team. We are. Night, it's a night and day difference yeah. between that football team and they this They found one. their mojo now. Yeah. Defensively, we are stout. 
We should be able to take away the run. I would like to see a little more blitzing on our end, even if it's just five, five-man rush on Foles to try and rattle them, because I know one of their good offensive linemen, I can't remember who it is, is out of the game, so I'd like to see if we can attack that vulnerability um, with some blitzes, because I know Dan Quinn likes to just send four guys, and so does Marquand Manuel, the defensive coordinator. But I'd like to see just a little more blitzing in this game, just to see if we can knock Nick Foles off of his uh, off of his game. I've heard our boy uh, Adrian Claiborne has a uh, pretty big mismatch this week against mm-hmm. some loser offensive linemen. Yeah, that's the guy who's replacing the really good uh, tackle, I believe. So maybe we'll get a maybe we'll get a little bit of that. Uh, what game was that where we had the six sacks? Um, the Dallas game. Yeah, I don't think we'll get that again, but. I bet we'll get eight sacks. That's crazy. <laughs> from from Adrian Claiborne? No, nah, I would take yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Now, if we can get a few sacks and contain the running game, we should be able to win the, this game. The weather's not going to be a factor. It's a very tough defense, but we also just play a very tough defense. I mean, this team's battle-tested. I don't see why we can't go out there and win this game. Because, as we said at the beginning, it comes into Matt Ryan versus Nick Foles and two good defenses. I'll take Matt Ryan yeah. every yeah, single Nick, day. Nick Foles isn't the bum that... Some people are making him out to be like... No, but their offense has really struggled with him. Yeah, yeah, in no, there. they have. So. They had one good game against the Giants and the other games... I know he played well against the Rams when he came in for Wentz, but other than that, he's been, he hasn't looked very good. And that Dallas game looked awful. Lost 6 to nothing. Yeah, what a, what a gift for us. Yeah, to have Wentz go down like that. Yeah. I mean, you don't wish injury on anybody, but that's a major bullet dodge. If Wentz is playing this game, I am not confident. No. I think we could still win conceivably, but you don't feel as good as you feel right now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, but I hate to say it, I'm already kind of looking ahead. Mm, Graham. Because the Vikings play the Saints. And for hypothetical sake, who would, who would you rather face? I'm taking the Vikings. So I want the Saints. Their defense does not look as good as it used to. It would be such a huge game, too, to go down there and win that game in the Superdome if we could somehow pull that off. We know Drew Brees. If we just don't make dumbass penalties, and as long as Pete Morelli's not there... We can win that game. Here's my here's my points on the other hand for the Vikings. Okay. All right. So so far we've got Jared Goff. Yeah. Unexperienced playoff quarterback. Yeah. We got. I see what you're going. Nick Foles, unexperienced playoff quarterback. We haven't won that game. Obviously, this right. could all blow up in our face. Yeah, we could be, be t- all our fault. Yeah. But uh, and then we, Case Keenum with the Vikings, unexperienced, unexperienced playoff, playoff quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. And the added pressure for the Vikings. They're playing at home, where they would be the first team ever to play at home in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and as you said... I think that's just too much damn pressure. Yeah. um, The one reason I don't want to play the Vikings is because of that defense. Their defense is a lot better than the, the Saints, and I don't know. Just something about the way Keenum has played all year scares me, and um I don't know why I should be so scared, but he's been so incredibly solid and not mistake prone. They play just such a solid brand of football. Whereas, you know, Sean Payton's a total dumbass at the end of games. He runs on the field and gets penalties, and then he throws passes on fourth and two, and he should just punt it. Well, we can't talk about a coach not making the best decisions in game. That is true. Dan Quinn did have that dumb timeout at the end of the first half in the Rams game. And not going for two. Yes. But... (laughs) I, I don't know. I would just love to see an NFC South, a Saints-Falcons NFC championship. Well, then you also got to thank Falcons-Vikings 
rematch. 2018 rematch of 98. 20 years ago. That would be pretty cool. And then break their hearts again. And then Matt Bryant is the new Morton Anderson. That'd be amazing. Just an old man kicker yeah. that just boots the hell out of it. I mean, it's crazy to think about this, but I mean, like, I feel like we have a really good shot. We just got to keep playing our brand of football. The defense has to, if the defense holds up its end of the bargain, we can get back to the Super Bowl, which I did not think was possible about 10 weeks into the season. Yeah. So, bottom line, you said people are overanalyzing it, so we won't do it. Mm. What's your prediction? Uh, say Falcons 20, Eagles 16. I'm going to go Falcons. How many Matt Bryant field goals? Let's say six Matt Bryant field goals. (laughs) That may be enough to win. 18-7. 18 All Matt Bryant field goals. (laughs) Yep. That's conceivable. How good the Eagles defense is. It should be a fun game. I uh, hope to Christ we can win. It'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Graham and I are watching it with an Eagles fan. Yes. Graham has already prefaced. Pretty much he's pre-apologized for his behavior. Yeah. I will get belligerent. I hope I don't call John any names. I would feel horrible if I did. He's such a sweet individual. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna... He'll probably punch me in the face. He's actually from Philly, so. Nah, he, he's used to it, though. Yeah, yeah. He can no, hang. we should be, we should be fine. Graham and I are considering bringing a separate TV for the garage, though. Yeah, just, just us just, just go in we, there. Just in case we need to separate ourselves. Yeah, just just watch it in the garage by ourselves, yeah. away from our, all our friends. Very social of us. Yeah. Um, so that's the Falcons report, so let's get it done this weekend, boys. Go on, get you some. So moving on to the last topic here, some Braves, uh, Braves report. Uh, Andrew Jones is apparently going to be, is likely to be voted off the Hall of Fame ballot, from what I hear, which is, but, but I think is lunacy. How's that work? So, because this is his first year on the ballot, right? Um, yes, I believe so. So how? He, the- he retired the same year as Chipper and he played in Japan, I think, or Korea or something for a year or two. So you, you just have to get a certain percentage of votes to even remain on the ballot? I believe so. I think that's the... Because if steroid bonds is still on there like five years in. Yeah, he still gets like 45, 50% of the vote. I, think. I can't remember what the number is to get in, but you have to get, I think, 75, 80 or something like that. Sounds like you don't really know. I'm not sure. <laughs> totally <laughs> guessing. <laughs> but uh, I think this is a travesty. And this also goes back to the Braves not retiring Andrew Jones's number. Why have they not done that? I don't know. I know he's inducted into the Braves Hall of Fame, but his number has not been retired with the likes of Chipper and uh, Bobby Cox, Tom Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz. And I don't know why. This is the greatest defensive center fielder of all time, and the stats back that up. He has the greatest defensive war of anyone in the history of baseball, 24.6 above wins above replacement. That is bananas. I think he's the sixth highest of all time and the 24th highest, and he's the first. He's number one all time. For an outfielder, ten straight Gold Gloves, over four hundred home runs. He did peter out after he left the Braves after the two thousand seven or eight season, whenever he left. But um, I think that's why a lot of people are looking down on him. Plus, he hit fifty one home runs in two thousand five at the peak of the steroid era. <laughs> so that <laughs> yeah, could that, cast that some came, doubt. That came out of nowhere. Yeah, that could certainly cast some doubt. But I know he never tested positive officially. I guess Barry Bonds didn't either, though. Uh, but I uh, 
from a pure stats level to to play the level of of defense and offense that the guy played. So what? He had a few shitty years. He still had over four hundred home runs. He still had ten straight Gold Gloves. And he went to the All Star Game five times. I mean, and won the Hank Aaron Award. What the fuck do you want? I think he should be on the ballot, but. I don't know. When you were watching Andrew Jones, were you thinking, this is a Hall of Fame player? Yeah. What's it During, mean to be in the Hall of Fame nowadays? What does it mean? I feel like it used to be like... It's the greatest honor you can get as, as an individual in the sport of baseball. I know. So, like, a guy that had, like, his last six seasons were just mediocre to shitty. That's a Hall of Famer? What does it matter at the end of the day? How do you get your stats? You got his stats. Well, here, here's a he, question. I think for he went you. over 400 home runs after he left the Braves. Here's a question for you then. Okay, I will say this before you go to, to that. What am I going to? I still think it's inexcusable <clears throat> that the Braves have not retired his number. It is horseshit. Yeah, no, that 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 I agree with you on. He needs to be on the the fucking rail in left field or wherever they put it in SunTrust Park. His number number 25 needs to be up there. That man brought so many fantastic memories. And plays and, and uh, he, he should he should definitely be watching him play was a privilege. I was at the game when he did the Spider Man catch on the wall. I was as well. I have never seen anything like that. My eight year old brain, however old I was, literally shit itself when I saw that. I mean, that was a thing of pure awe. It was sublime. So it sounds like you got a lot of nostalgia here, not necessarily a unbiased opinion. I am very biased, but I think if you look at it from an objective standpoint, who else has ten straight gold gloves well, in the center here, field? Here's my question: Who else has twenty four point six? Well, you more? let me talk. As an outfielder, no one. Who else? Yeah, okay. And hit 430 home runs. All right. A lot of guys have hit 430 home runs now. But they also have won 10 straight gold gloves and have the best war of all time as a defensive outfielder. So, do you think Andrew Jones is more deserving than Dale Murphy? Yes. Who's not in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Even though Murph won two MVPs, we've never seen a caliber defensive center feel like that in the history of baseball. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't necessarily agree he's a Hall of Fame player. And he was on a shit ton of really good teams. The problem with Murph and the reason why he'll never, he never got in was he played on a bunch of shitty Braves teams. If he could have had a couple of World Series in there and his stats would have been better if he had other guys around him to protect him, he would be in. Andrew has no World Series. No, but he consistently competed for championships and had Chipper Jones, Gary Sheffield, Andres Galarraga. All these guys around him. What the hell's that got to do with him being? I'm saying that makes his stats better because other people you can't pitch around him as much. People pitched around Murph all the time. He's on shitty Braves teams in the '80s. Sounds like this is an argument for Murph over Andrew Jones. Am I doing that subconsciously? (laughs) I think you are. I don't know. Andrew was in a better situation to succeed than Dale Murphy. He was, but you still can't take away the defense, man. Primarily, that's what why Andrew to me gets in is his defense was unbelievable. I don't know. I've never, All-timer. I've never looked at Andrew and thought Hall of Fame player. I thought great player, but I've never considered Hall of Famer until it was just brought up this week. I think he should be on the ballot a couple more years, that's yeah. for sure. But I don't know. I see what you're saying. I mean, the defense was obviously there. Yeah. I mean, it's just from a pure defensive standpoint, the man should be in the Hall of Fame. But I, I don't, he didn't have the longevity either. No, he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't, he wasn't Chipper Jones. Yeah, I mean, if you're just looking at the Hall of Famers season. we have recently, they're no-brainers. Yeah, Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, Bobby. Bobby. And then Andrew Jones, do you put them on him on the same pedestal with them? I don't know, man. This defense was so fucking special. So special. 
I mean, we've had some good. I mean, Ender and Ciarte is he's pretty good defensive. He player. is a very good defensive player. He's not. He's not the greatest defensive outfielder of all time. Literally by that stat, he's the greatest defensive outfielder of all time. I'm just saying. Okay. If that's not worthy of Hall of Fame praise, I don't know what is. And if it's especially not worthy of being retired as. And I still can't believe it's not worthy of being retired by the Braves. Ridiculous. Shame on you, Braves organization. Retire that man's number. That's where we agree. Yes. Anything else on your mind? Um, yeah, when going back to the Falcons real quick, but way back to the Panthers game. Yeah. That's when I was, I was out in the Okefenokee Swamp. Oh, during that game, yeah. With uh, user Hugo. Ah. And we had zero service. We didn't know what was going on in the game. Mm-hmm. I went a full 24 hours having no idea if the Falcons are in the playoffs or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then we ended up at a second campsite the second night where someone had like half a bar of service. Uh. And we were just able to check the box score. And it was probably the most excited I've been all season <laughs> for a Falcons game. Like we're on this random island in the Okefenokee Swamp. Yeah. Finding out the Falcons won. Our prediction about all Matt Bryant's field goals pretty much came true. And like it was just a massive running chest bump with our favorite listener, user, Hugo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's better than watching a game, man. It was, wow, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, so was, just maybe you should just look at the box score at the end I, of the Falcons. Well, yeah, it's just week. like I didn't go through all the stress of like watching the game and assuming we we're going to lose. That was the, one of the most pulling my hair out. That was one of the most stressless games I've ever watched. We were Panthers, in total control yeah. of that game. Cam started the game 0 for 9. 0 for 9. Yeah. The worst, and they brought up a stat, the worst start by a quarterback in the history of the Panthers franchise. Almost inconceivable that you could play that poorly. Yeah. Um, I mean, and our defense, once again, in that game, like after that game too, I was like, our, our defense is just so good now. Yeah. Like Dan Quinn, and he has selected the right pupil in Mark Manuel to sculpt that defense. Um. Oh, and I guess the last thing we should talk about with the Falcons is that uh, there was a rumor going around that Sarkeesian was going to be uh, potentially leaving and going to Seattle because Seattle's cleaning house with all their coordinators. Um, there's a lot of uh, gossip and whatnot going around. And then Dan Quinn said in a press conference that that was uh, had about a zero percent chance of happening, and that was total horseshit. So, that yeah, would, that would suck if Sark left at this point. I mean. I think you just got to keep building. Yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan's gone through so many damn offensive coordinators. You don't want to bring in another guy. Yeah, you got to give Sark, I mean. The only guy I would want to bring back is Shanny, but uh, he's not coming back. He's been killing it out with the Niners, man. Yeah. Once they got Garoppolo. Yeah, he's not, there's no chance of that happening. That's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's at, you need to at least give him the same amount of time that Shanahan had. Yeah, and even if Sarkeesian was interested, and he hasn't come out and said anything about this, even if he was, the Falcons can block this because he's not going for a better position. Why, why would he go to, yeah, why would he go to the, what's he, Jim Moore Jr. or something, wanting to go to the Seahawks? Well, a lot of people said his he has a great connection with Pete Carroll, good relationship, so people thought that, or theorizing, hypothesizing, that that could culminate somehow, but... I think that um, you know Dan Quinn said that, and the Falcons can block it even if you wanted to. So I think Sark's here, whether you like it or not. All right then. All right then. Um, thank you, users, for making us a part of your day or evening. Rise up, live in brotherhood, stay true to Atlanta, and unite and conquer. Hospitality. Hospitality.